Hello and welcome to the Win Daily 2020 Draft and NBA Free Agency Fantasy Preview. My name is Michael Brazil. I am here with my man DFS Ghost, and we are here to break down all of the news, notes, and rumblings for you. DFS Ghost, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing well, bro. We uh, I have the pleasure of being on air with you for uh, for a bunch of different sports, but this one is by far my favorite. Happy to be back on here uh, covering and, some NBA with you. And I love doing this one with you, Ghost Man, because you enjoy this so much, and I enjoy talking to you, and you have a blast with it. So we are here. We're going to be breaking down some of the stuff that's been going on from a fantasy, from a little bit of a betting perspective, to give everybody just kind of an understanding of what the heck we can look forward to. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's kind of sad. But the offseason, the NBA is kind of a little bit more enjoyable. I know everybody says it every year, and I'll be honest, I'm one of those guys. I thought it was way cooler when KD went to the Nets than anything really Kevin Durant did on the Golden State Warriors. I thought it injects some sort of energy. It injects something. So if you want, make sure everybody, windailysports.com backslash chat. You get seven free days in our expert Discord chat. We're crushing the NFL schedule. We're crushing the NFL season. We got your sports betting picks. We have your fantasy plays, but NBA is right around the corner. Goes. What is the um? What is the presumed state uh date for return for the NBA? December what? Uh, right now we have December twenty second. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, we are very excited for it. We have the draft coming up November eighteenth, only a couple days away. So we are excited for it. But let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. We had Chris Paul. I, I guess it was kind of like brought up a couple days ago and everyone like semi confirmed it. And then today when we started to allow, we were allowed to make trades. We were still allowed to do some stuff. Chris Paul to the Suns. We have a first in 2022. We have Ricky Rubio. We have Kelly Oubre. We have Ty Jerome. And we have some guy that I can't pronounce his name. I assume he is just in there for salary. Chris Paul going to the Suns. Everybody thought Chris Paul was done. He was trash. He was useless over on the Rockets. Gets traded. For Russell Westbrook, they get a bunch of picks. It's just, it's crazy what Sam Presti has done. I have a little bit of a hot take on Sam Presti in a little bit, but Chris Paul to the Suns. Let's talk about that just from an enjoyment standpoint. I think that'll be fun, but Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, I don't know. Do the Suns actually have a chance now? I think the Suns make the playoffs. Um, I don't know if this is uh, the first time that somebody's going to be saying this. Probably not. I mean, considering that the, uh, that the trade deadline started uh, about five hours ago at noon Eastern time. But uh, first take from our Windowy Sports team here is that the Phoenix Suns will be making the playoffs and Devin Booker will be a top 10 player in the league next year. How fun is this going to be being able to see CP3 run a pick and roll with DeAndre Aiden? Oh man, I, I cannot wait to watch this offense. DeAndre Aiden, Devin Booker with, with the veteran leadership of CP3 there. They're going to be an electric team to watch next year. It should be fun, man. I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Devin Booker, I mean... We saw what he did in the bubble, what the Suns did in the bubble. And I'm kind of worried, right? The Suns were pretty bad last year. They really shouldn't have been in the bubble, but whatever. They made it there. They let him go there. And they actually ended up going, what, 8-0, I think, if I'm not mistaken, or 7-1. They won all their games or almost did. And I'm I'm a little worried that this is the Suns kind of jumping the gun a bit, right? Like they saw what happened in that eight-game stretch. They saw how incredible it was and how much fun it was. Are you a little worried that they're like, oh, we might have a chance. Let's go grab Chris Paul, who's like kind of a million years old on a ridiculous contract. And yeah, they're kind of trading away some of their assets like Kelly Oubre, solid, you know, OK, whatever. Ricky Rubio, he's been the same player for the last like 15 years. It feels like are you a little worried? I mean, I know you think the Suns make the playoffs, but to me, it's like, I don't know, man. Like, let's take a step back and remember what the Suns were. It feels like 18 months ago now for the rest of the season and not just those eight games. Yeah, I mean, if you take a look at what they were looking like in, in the grand scheme of things of that season, this was a, a, a team that underachieved. I mean, considering you have uh, what I think is a top 10 talent in the NBA and Devin Booker on your roster, you all, obviously you it's it, it's playoffs are bust. I mean, are, are they going to contend in the West with, you know, the Battle of L.A.? And then uh, this season you have a healthy Golden State Warriors team. So good good luck with that, with uh, with the Splash Brothers back and who, who knows what they're going to end up doing with their with their TPE and of course with, with that number two pick of uh, which we're going to get into in a little bit, but um, are the Phoenix Suns going to contend here in the short term? Likely not, but I, I do foresee them making the playoffs and that is huge for them in the long term. You have a bonafide superstar in Devin Booker who people forget just how young he is. Mm -hmm. So getting some, some playoff experience under his belt and, you know, really letting them know like, Hey, we're committed to you as our franchise player. And 
I, I think it's kind of a signal that they're sending him like, hey, we're, we're not going to let you do what guys like Bradley Beal are doing right now and Giannis where they're kind of, you know, deciding their own fate. I, I, I think it's going to be a, a mutual feeling here where Devin Booker wants to bring people to Phoenix to, to play with him rather than him leaving and, and teaming up with other guys. So I, I, I absolutely love this move for Phoenix here, you know, making making Devin Booker a priority and letting them know like, hey, we're, we're not just going to waste your prime years or or un, un, under 30 years, anything like that. Um, we're going to surround you with some stars. And I, I don't know if there's a better mentor uh, for, for a player that's still in the league right now in, in Devin Booker for, uh, for, for CP3 there. I mean, you got the point guard that's going to be able to uh, to absolutely show him the ropes. So really looking forward to that, uh, to that backcourt duo. Right. And I think it's really interesting from, you know, what we saw out of Shea Gildress Alexander when it, during his rookie year on the Clippers and then going to the Thunder where he also teams up, for lack of a better term, with CP3. And it's all of a sudden like, wait a second, this, this guy's actually pretty good. Like he knows what the hell he's doing. I'm curious. Again, that was year one to year two for for SGA. I'm curious what I don't know what Devin Booker again. Dude's like 26. He's been in the league like 18 years at this point. I don't know how the hell that happens, but that's <laughs> the NBA for you. So with that, like how much. Uh, going to that that fantasy aspect, going to that betting aspect a little bit. How how are you looking at this Phoenix Suns team now? From a, okay, you think they're going to make the playoffs, but from a fantasy perspective, how much better does Devin Booker get? Does does CP three still get the same run? Does he still get the same you know opportunities there in the Suns, or is he just going to strictly be a facilitator like we've kind of seen the last couple uh, the last couple seasons anyway? I think it's going to be closer to what CP3 was doing at, at in in the last half of the of, of last season in, in the shortened pandemic season. Of course, um, you know I, as SGA started to flourish there. Shout out to my fellow Canadian, of course. But um, you you really saw him taking the reins on offense and CP3 kind of being the distributor facilitator on the floor, exactly like how you described it, which is pretty much what he's been throughout the entire of his, of his career. I mean, um, early in his prime, he, he was a guy that could score. He could drop 25 a game, no no problem, even scoring 30-plus um, in, in games last season and even when when he was with Houston. But right now, I, I don't think that's really his game. I, I, I do see a huge bump for Devin Booker um, with CP3 out there. I just think it, it's going to open up the floor for him a ton because now they have a legitimate uh, pick-and-roll offense where CP3 is a big upgrade over Rubio, uh, Ricky Rubio. I, I really like Ricky Rubio as a player, but he, he, he's not CP3, right? So um, pe- people having to guard the paint now with DeAndre Ayton, hopefully he's 100% healthy heading into December and uh, and into the new season. It's going to open up the floor a lot for Devin Booker. And I absolutely loved what they were doing with him throughout the rotations. You know, as the season rolled on, you really saw Devin Booker playing 12 minutes in these opening quarters where from minutes 7 to 12 and even, you know, minutes one to three in, in, in the start of the second quarter, he, he was pretty much out there on the court alone. Whereas now when you have CP3 back there that can, you know, kind of come in uh, midway through that second quarter where you could end up taking Devin Booker off uh, from minute, you know, five to eight, for example, that's where Devin Booker could really flourish because he's going to be out there uh, playing against pretty much bench players and stuff like that. That's where he'll get the majority of, of his work done there. But even when he's on the floor with CP3, he can go back to being a spot up shooter and and really just end up draining the bucket all day long. So absolutely love this spot for Devin Booker with uh, with a huge bump to CB three as well. It should be fun. I think it is. It is going to be a blast. It's. I mean, shout out Phoenix. I lived in Phoenix for a couple months. Incredible city. Loved everything about it. So hopefully they get a team because man, yeah, Devin Booker is too good. I think it's a cool move too, right? It's kind of like one of those like, oh, that's that's just kind of fun. Like I'm happy to see something like that happen to a team like Phoenix who haven't been. So that was a lot of fun. But we'll see. I, I think it, it will be a blast. And man, Ricky Rubio. What if he learned how to take a jump shot? Like how cool would Rick, how, how good would Ricky Rubio have been if he just learned how to, you know, shoot a basketball. But that's a, that's another conversation for another time. And again, just want to reiterate the Thunder get another first round pick in this trade, 2022 first round pick. So I think that's kind of what Chris Paul only has two years left on his contract. If I'm not mistaken, I believe so. Yes. Hmm. Sam Presti. He seems like a smart guy. (laughs) <laughs> seems like a smart guy i guess let's flip it to the other side right like we thought we the media people in you know the the nba world thought that the thunder were gonna kind of suck and that didn't really turn out they probably could have slash should have beaten the rockets in the um 
the bubble playoffs, right? Like that was fun. For some reason they had SGA throw the ball out of bounds, which we all kind of <laughs> saw was like, Hey, what are you doing the first time? Yeah. Then they get the timeout and then they do it again. And they lose that game would have been cool to see them win that. But Chris Paul leaves. They're getting, you know, a couple dudes back. Kelly Oubre, I guess is like the biggest name. Ricky Rubio is the biggest name, but Kelly Oubre might have actually the, the best. I don't know. He's the best basketball player, whatever at this point. How do you think the thunder look at this with the understanding that it, it looks like Steven Adams is also going to get traded here pretty soon. If they can find a trade partner for them, probably not a first round pick, but probably going to get something for him. How do you look at the thunder moving forward with the assumption? Let's say that Steven Adams won't be there. This is an uh, a plus 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 trade for the OKC thunder here. Um, man, uh, it's hard enough to find somebody, uh, a trade partner to get rid of CP3's contract like that. And I honestly think when they ended up getting rid of Russell Westbrook for him one for one, it was more so that they wanted to, you know, ditch Russell Westbrook's contract whatever, and kind of hit the reset button there. Then they get CB3. They get the emergence of SGA. Gallinari's all of a sudden a point forward, knocking down threes. And they're like, wait a second. We're actually a good basketball team. What is going on here? Why, why are we fourth or fifth in the West? And I, I think... In this offseason, this is a brilliant move by them. Uh, Gallinari is pretty much a foregone conclusion to, to end up going to a contender. Um, I, I, I could really see him, you know, fitting well with Miami or you know what? You, you never know what the Warriors are going to end up pulling off. So, um, But I, I would love to see Gallinari there uh, with, with the Miami Heat. Of, of course, if they don't get Giannis, which is a whole nother story. But if, uh, if Giannis or Bradley Beal were not to go to Miami, I would love for them to get a quote-unquote consolation prize, if we could even call them that, of Danilo Gallinari there in Miami. But of course, now OKC has a direct replacement in Kelly Oubre Jr. They have an athletic 3 and D wing there to support SGA in, uh, on, 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 on the sides of the court. You have Ricky Rubio that's pretty much a very similar playing style to CP3. So they, they, they kind of scaled back a bit in the sense that they know what their long-term goals are here. Getting another first round pick. I mean, by, by now they're probably up to what, like 600 first round picks in the next Give five years at, 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 at this point. There, maybe plus or minus one, but uh, I kind of lost count after the, 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 they've hit the 100 mark there. So I, I absolutely love this, the, this trade by OKC. You get a direct replacement for Gallinari, who they're pretty much going to lose uh, in any day now in Kelly Bray Jr. Ricky Rubio is a younger version of CP3. And He's going to be able to do a similar job to what he was doing back there with uh, with SG in that backcourt. So, absolutely love this move for OKC moving forward, and uh, they're they're primed to contend in three to five years from now. They know exactly when their window is, and it's certainly not in the 2020-2021 season. Uh, like I was saying before, you still have the Lakers and the Clippers that are going to be legit out there in the West, and the Warriors are coming back to full health. So, um, if, if OKC was going to go all in and you know what they wanted to get Bradley Beal and Giannis and really like trade away these million first round picks that they have to really go all in right now. Then I would say, okay, you know, you, you might want to keep a player like Chris Paul, but being able to, to, to shed that contract off their books and, you know, really keep their eyes on the prize here, which is their, their window is going to be in three to five years when Stephen Curry is nearly 35 years old and Clay Thompson's getting a bit older and, the Warriors dynasty is slightly coming to an end. Um, maybe LeBron will be out of the league at that point, but that's only five years from now. So he'll, he'll probably go another 15 at this point, but they know exactly when their window is absolutely love this trade for OKC. Yeah. I mean, considering what they traded to get Chris Paul, right? They traded Russell Westbrook, got Chris Paul and a bunch of picks and then turn around and trade Chris Paul for a bunch of players and another pick. I mean, shout out Sam Presti. I think, you know, he's obviously done a pretty good job at, um, I mean, accumulating, I think is a good word to use, accumulating a lot of first round picks. And to speak of another first round pick, they take Dennis Schroeder as well. Shout out Dennis Schroeder. My fantasy basketball team name is Schroeder's Cat. So makes me laugh every time I look at it. But Dennis Schroeder for Danny Green and the 28th pick. Um, I'm seeing in some places, yes, Danny Green and other places, this hasn't been confirmed yet, but it looks like it is going through. So they get the 28th pick for this year. So they have the 25th and the 28th pick this year. As I said, they got a 2022 first round pick in the Chris Paul trade, along with all those other players. So Dennis Schroeder, Danny Green, kind of just flip-flopping teams. How do you feel about either of them? Um, we'll get to the Lakers in a second with a couple more of the uh, uh, free agency news moves that's coming with the Lakers. But Dennis Schroeder going to the Lakers, kind of taking over that spot for Danny Green. How do you feel about that and LeBron? Um, great trade for the Lakers. Um, we, we were saying it throughout the uh, the bubble and 
of course the uh the nba playoffs where they ended up being champions that the lakers needed a secondary ball handler i mean <laughs> as great as alex caruso was throughout that run and we we, we had our fun on air uh picking on caruso. him and, you know, letting guys know like the caruso is here to stay playing him 25 to 27 minutes and night in our nba showdown lineups of course but um you know when it, it, it's a long season now um we're, we're hoping to have a full season in fact so um lakers are going to need a, a secondary ball handler off the bench and and a guy that could score is just a bonus so Dennis Schroeder brings the best of both worlds there, takes a, a bit of a load off of LeBron. And um, of course, if, if Rondo doesn't end up re-signing, Dennis Schroeder is, uh, is actually an upgrade there. So absolutely love this move for the Lakers. A 28th overall pick really doesn't do them that much. Um, having LeBron and AD on your team, you're coming off a championship win. You don't want a guy that's going to need, you know, two, three, maybe even five years to develop. You got LeBron James on your team. You're trading away as many first-round picks or as many guys as you can to get as many starters in your lineup as possible or guys that could score off the bench. And it's exactly what Dennis Schroeder does here. So um, Danny Green ended up being the odd man out there primarily because of salary uh, reasons that they, they needed to balance things out. But um, whether his playoff run had something to do with it, where he ended up missing a couple threes and this and that, we don't know. We're not in the Lakers locker room, but uh, regardless of that, this is a big uh, upgrade for, for the Lakers giving LeBron some much needed help back there in, uh, in that Lakers backcourt. And for OKC, again, I mean, they're, they're not in win-now mode, right? So last season was kind of, you know, the the, the asterisks on, on, on their plan where they're like, hey, why are we the fifth seed in the West right now? Warriors lose their whole team to injuries. You got Portland that's underachieving. And, of course, they lost Yosef Nurkic and Hassan Whiteside's playing, like, hot garbage. And they're, they're underachieving. And it's like, man, wh why are we the fifth seed in the West right now? This is not what, this is not what Sam Preston wanted, so... Um, at, at that point, are they tanking? Absolutely not. But it's more so they're they're keeping the eyes on the prize. Exactly like what I was saying before. Dennis Schroeder is a guy that's going to help them win now. That's not exactly what they want to do. They they don't want to end up being an eight seed in the West just to get bounced in the first round by you know the Warriors, the Clippers, or the Lakers, or whoever ends up taking that one seed, right? So, um, getting another first round pick in the process. That's the way that I see this trade. They're they're ended up trading Dennis Schroeder. Um, for a, a guy that, that that's likely not in their long-term plans for another first round pick, a pick that they get package with one of their other 600 first round picks to move up in any draft year that they want at this point. They, I'm pretty sure they could move up in the 2040 draft if they want to uh, with, with the amount of first rounders that they have right now. So um, packaging that pick to be able to move up in this year's draft would be a great move for them. And of course, Danny Green brings that veteran leadership that they lost with, uh, with CP3. So the two veterans that they acquire in Ricky Rubio and Danny Green, trading away CP3 and Dennis Schroeder, is it that much of a downgrade? I mean, is it a downgrade? Yes, but it, is it that much of one? I, I I can argue no. I mean, given what their plan is right now, I love this move and, and acquiring another first-round pick in the process, A-plus trade again for Sam Presti. Yeah, I think it is. The dude knows what he's doing. Like, it, it is pretty cool to kind of watch. Now, again, I think uh, he gets an incredible amount of praise, as he should, for all these moves that he's been able to do. But he also had Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony on a team. Couldn't really do anything with it. He also had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden on a team. Trades away James Harden. Loses Kevin Durant. So, like, obviously he gets a lot of praise, as he should. But he also should... We should remember that this dude had three MVPs on his team at one point. Wasn't <laughs> able to keep them together. Traded away James Harden for practically nothing. And also lost out on the Kevin Durant sweepstakes when he was literally on your team. So again, there, there's some positives. There's a lot of positives, but let's not forget about the negative. Some of that stuff does figure itself out, but shout out to him. I mean, a team in an in, in a, a area of the country like Oklahoma City, you're not really expected to have ultra super megastars wanting to come play for you at all times. So understanding, hey, we have to have all these picks. We have to then make sure we pick right and then sign these dudes to crazy long-term contracts like they did with Russell Westbrook. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, unfortunately, like in Kevin Durant and James Harden's case, it doesn't. So still pretty darn cool, but we'll see what happens. And yeah, I like the point, you know, Danny Green coming with that veteran presence, uh, the championship pedigree, what he has three now, four, and I don't even actually know how many <laughs> the dude has. So shout out to him for what he's done. What he has two with the two or three with the How many does Danny Green have five rings? No, that's impossible, right? He's got I, I, two with, He's got I want to say two. two with the Spurs, the Raptors, right? and the Lakers. I, I want to say four, four total, but I'm checking right now. Yeah, please check, fact check me. First, I want to say he has five, but I don't think he was there for... 
how cool would it be if Danny Green had one for the thumb? Like that would be so awesome. Like shout out Danny Green. That is incredible. Um, what do we got? What do we got? Uh, he's. Bad. I'm looking now. Can't find it. They're they're including. Man, they're including. Uh, he's got four. Okay, yeah. cool. Shout out Danny Green. Yeah. He's got four rings. I don't think he cares wherever he plays at this point. Pay the man money. He's okay. won enough. He's good. Yeah. So shout out to him for that. And he's been a pretty important piece of all four of them, right? Like we saw down the stretch with the Lakers, it was what it was. But I think they needed him, obviously, to get to that point in some capacity throughout the season. I think that part's very important. As you said, we're not on the inside of the locker room, but still something to pay attention to. Uh, the last trade that I do want to talk about, we have Bruce Brown going to the Nets for... Dan Zanzans Moose Moosma. I don't know. This one just streams and a 2021 second round pick. This one screams something about salary. This one screams, hey, we're doing something. And and to segue from that is Russell Westbrook and James Harden both said peace. We're done with the Rockets. Daryl Morey's gone. Um, Mike D'Antoni's gone. They want to be gone too. PJ Tucker's coming out talking about how much he hates everybody on that team, which tell me you're surprised <laughs> PJ Tucker hates everybody, right? But Harden has come out and pretty much said, Hey, I want to go to the rock or I want to go to the nets or the 76ers. Hopefully he picks the nets. I think that would be more fun. James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, all on the nets. That sounds terrible. That, that just sounds like awful, awful, terrible. I wouldn't want anything to do with it. How do you feel about that though? Let's say it happens. What does it take to trade James Harden to the nets? And would that even be enjoyable basketball? Well, the first thing I want to say is, hey, Brooklyn, next time you announce a trade on the opening day of trades and it's Bruce Brown, mm. people are going to have another issue here. So yes. when, when when you're rumored to be acquiring James Harden and you announce that you just made a trade on maybe five or ten minutes after it, it opens up at noon Eastern time, it better not be a name like Bruce Brown ever mm. again. But anyway. Hey, shout out Bruce Brown. Um, <laughs> He's in the league. I'm not. I can't say too much. Man. No, man. That was the, I, when, when I saw Brooklyn Nets, I made a trade. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And then yep. Bruce Brown. I was like, okay, Nothing. this is this is the kind of thing that's going to be. But um, I don't see James Harden going to Brooklyn. And I, I know right now it's uh, it, it's contrary to what a, a lot of analysts are saying and what, what we're hearing from guys around the league and, and girls alike. Um, I just don't see it working. And I, I really do think that the guy that's going to put a stop to that, believe it or not, is Kyrie Irving. Hmm. Um, he had an issue playing with LeBron James. First of all, how do you have an issue playing with the best basketball player in the league right now and arguably the best player of all time? Um, we're, we're not going to get into that Argu right now. You we're said gonna... arguably, so you gave I, I yourself said the arguably, out. You're good. So I, you said arguably, my, so we're good. I gave myself the out there. So arguably the best player of all time. And you have an issue as this guy's, you know, helping you win rings and building a legacy in Cleveland. And and now you're playing with Kevin Durant. If, if, if he thinks he's going to be the number one option there and lose flash for you, that's no, that, that, that that's going to be a hard no, right? So um, you really think Kyrie wants to be the number three option on a Brooklyn Net team that, you know, he apparently chose very wisely when he wanted to leave Boston. And, you know, he, he didn't like the way things were working out in Boston. Maybe he saw Jason Tatum was flourishing or about to. Jalen Brown's there. Marcus Smart is there. They got a good young team going there. And Kyrie likes to be the guy. So I, I think they end up working a trade for a big man rather than another guard to end up working with Kyrie. If it as another guard, it, it's probably going to be a guy like Bradley Beal, who, again, give me Bradley Beal on my basketball team 10 days, a, a, a hundred times a week over Kyrie Irving. That, that, that That's just my take. I, I'd much rather a guy like Bradley Beal on my team than Kyrie, um, not only on the court, but in the locker room, of course. But if they do end up acquiring Bradley Beal, I could see something like that working a lot better than with James Harden. Um, unless things have changed where we're playing with multiple basketballs on the court, it, it, that, it, it doesn't work. J James Harden leads the league in ISO percentage every single year, without a doubt, and it's not even close. Like No, no one comes to within 1% or 2%. I mean, this guy leads the league in isolated percentage, meaning he just dribbles the ball on his own, on offense, no passes, etc., and he leads the league by 10 to 15% every single year, more than the second-ranked player. So you're bringing in a guy like that into an offense. KD is still going to do his thing. I mean, we, we saw what KD did with the Warriors when he ended up taking over um, their, their second championship when he was there, of course. Steph and Clay kind of ended up taking the box seat. And can, can Steph Curry take over a final series? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, he, he's done it time in, time out throughout his career. I mean, they, they've been to, what, five or six finals by now? Clay, Clay has shown that... 
He could drop 37 and a quarter against Kevin Durant's OKC team. So and Clay Thompson can do it too. And not dribble, not dribble more than once. five times. This guy drops 37 and a quarter. You think he can take over? And over? Yeah, but these guys are unselfish basketball players. They know that they're there to win titles. They're there to build a legacy, right? Unless things have changed, Kyrie Irving has never been that guy throughout his career. And I really don't think it's going to start anytime soon. So my hypothetical trade that I had here to present to you mm. was a three-way trade between Houston, Philadelphia, and Brooklyn, where Brooklyn ends up acquiring Joel Embiid and possibly other pieces. We'd have to <laughs> move that across. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. We're blowing it up. Let's go, Ghost. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. So we have Joel Embiid going to Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. James Harden goes to Philadelphia to reunite with Mike D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Daryl Morey. Mike D'Antoni's in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, yeah. D- mm-hmm. Daryl Morey. Morey. Sorry. Yep, you're good. And Houston gets guys like Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Tareen Prince, every single one of these guys. And they just load up on a bunch of assets. Multiple first-round picks are going to be involved. But the primary pieces there are going to be basically that young Brooklyn supporting cast, I guess we could call it, because mm-hmm. all, all of the... They ran the team last year. Kevin Durant and Kyrie were, were both gone. Yeah. So um, guys like Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, all, all these guys that we saw in the bubble. Tareen Prince, um, may, maybe even Spencer Dinwiddie gets involved in this trade as well. So call that their, the Brooklyn core four of this trade with James Harden going to reunite with Daryl Morey in Philadelphia. And then you have Joel Embiid going the other way to Brooklyn. Damn. That's, that's, that's something. A blockbuster. That's that- a blockbuster is absolutely something yeah a blockbuster to say the least man i mean i i would be interested in it i'm here for it i mean the as i said the nba offseason is more fun than the actual season itself so that would be something um joel Embiid, i think that would be a lot of fun he'll he'll go small during the playoffs as he always does but that's why you have kevin durant there kyrie irving will say some weird shit so i think that'll be fun so i think brooklyn will be a blast Houston, yeah, they're kind of SOL at this point. If everyone wants to leave, we'll get to Russ in a second. They have to acquire picks because they pretty much just... Daryl Morey knew he had one year left on his contract and was just like, uh, let's see if... Do you want five first-round picks? Like, yeah, sure, here, take them. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to be here next year. So <laughs> Houston is in some kind of trouble. Uh, if they get rid of James Harden, they get rid of Russell Westbrook. They're going to have to get some picks back in some capacity. Yeah. Um, as you said, with those young players as well, that probably doesn't hurt. I don't know if that would give them the playoffs in the in the West, but I think it would be interesting. And then Philadelphia getting James Harden. I'm here for it. I'm here so for the, Philadelphia the reason, getting the reason James why Harden. I was, I, I was really thinking about this before we came on because I, I I knew we wanted to talk some hypothetical trades, and I was like, man, this one, I, I don't know. I, I I think it makes sense for all parties involved. Um. Brooklyn gets the big man that they need. They're, they're going to need a guy to replace Jared Allen. If, if Because no matter what third third star that they want to team up with Kyrie and KD, Jared Allen's probably going to be involved in that trade, right? It, it, I, I don't foresee them getting a guy like Bradley Beal or Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons or any of these guys that have even been rumored to be on the move. They're, they're not getting him without moving Karis LeVert and Jared mm-hmm. Allen. Yeah, Tareen Prince and Spencer Dinwiddie also likely on the move in a trade like that. So... They're going to need a big man to be able to, to to support KD and Kyrie pretty much just gather the rebounds there for them. And, you know, if, if, if he could score, obviously Joel Embiid could score, but I'm, I'm talking about if they get a guy like Steven Adams or something like that, you, you basically need a guy that, that that's going to go 10 and 10, right? So, but when you get a guy like Joel Embiid, that, that really changes things because he could dominate the paint and that opens up a lot of ISO play for KD and Kyrie. That could be really scary. James Harden instantly becomes the offense there in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Ben Simmons can become that point forward that they always wanted him to be. So the issue with Philadelphia is that the paint was always too clogged and they never had any shooters. I don't know if there's a better way to line up with Ben Simmons than to add a shooter like James Harden. Lord knows you're not getting Clay Thompson or Steph Curry. Get that idea out of your head. So it, 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 is there a better offensive player that you want to pair with Ben Simmons right now than James Harden, who's rumored to be on the move? I, I don't think there is. So ben, ben Simmons gets to be more involved in the paint there, still gets to run point when he wants to, so they could offset James Harden and Ben Simmons. If you know, if, if James Harden just wants to play ISO for six minutes when Ben Simmons is off the court, go ahead, have some fun, get get your 24 points in six minutes. That way, you know, you're you're still dropping 37 points on 10 of 30 shooting, whatever whatever you end up doing. He still gets his stats. That's fine. But Ben Simmons really gets to take over the paint there and do what he does, he he does best. And then you look at the Houston side. We're, we're talking about them getting first-round picks back. Who's to say they keep any of these guys? Karis LeVert, Jared mm-hmm. Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie. All, almost all these guys can end up being 
flip traded again. again for a first round pick. You have guys like PJ Tucker who are likely going to get traded. They still have Robert Covington. They still have Eric Gordon. They still have Daniel House. They still have Austin Rivers. All of these guys are tradable pieces. Now all of a sudden you're sitting there in Houston with no picks till 2040. And now you have 10 to 12 legit trading material players that, that you could end up flipping for some picks back. So that was the hypo- uh, hypothetical that I thought of. I'm, I'm, maybe it comes to fruition. Maybe it doesn't. But I, I would love to see James Harden over there in Philly and Joel Embiid joining KD and Kyrie. Oof, talk to talk about a villain team right there. Oh, yeah, they would be the villain. And, and Kyrie will screw it up somehow. But Ghost, my favorite part of all of this is with James Harden going to Philadelphia, it guarantees they can't win a championship. Yeah. It absolutely guarantees it. You're telling me James Harden, after all the players he's had and everything he's done in Houston, always coming up short. Now he goes pairs up with Ben Simmons, and that's what's going to get them the championship? Absolutely not. Well, you so know I'm you, you, 100% here for that. The one common factor in all of that is that all these guys want to go out to the East. The East blows. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to go play in the East. Who wants to play a healthy Golden State Warriors team right now? Mm-hmm. I know I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't want to play them. Good. And then, okay, let, let's say let's say we beat Golden State in four, five, six, seven. All, what, what, even the NBA gives you a bonus eighth or ninth game. Whatever, whatever you need to do to beat Golden State. Then you're going up against LeBron and AD in the West? Well, Are you kidding me? LeBron. Is that, that what we're moving uh, on to? Uh, not, yet. On not, to? Yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. You're going up We're against LeBron. I mean, you're, going, you're going up or against the, the Clippers. Warriors. Or and the then you're, Clippers. Going up against, you're possibly going up against the Claw in, in Kawhi Leonard in LA. Then you, you, you stay in the same Denver. stadium. And then you're possibly playing LeBron. You're possibly playing Nikola Jokic and my boy Jamal, my, my boy Jamal Murray. Devin Booker is going to do work in the West, too. Yep. I mean, how, the, the, the path to the finals in the West right now. Is so hard. And of course, I'm not going to forget mentioning Damian Lillard and those Portland mm. Trail Boots. They could wreak havoc in the in the playoffs too as an eight or, nine, or a seven seed. The, the path to the playoffs there is so hard. Whereas in the East, you have teams like the Orlando Magic who went what? Like one in 81 last season and still ended up making the playoffs? Give or take, yeah. Plus like, or minus. Like give or take? I mean, how how is that? The, the Brooklyn Nets had a G League squad playing in the bubble and, and they mm-hmm. still made the playoffs. I mean... Yeah. Why would you not want to go to the East there where it's like, hey, I can pretty much coast throughout the regular season, still wind up with a top four seed and end up hosting a playoff series. And then we it, it, it's pedal to the metal in, in, in the playoffs and just end up trying to win a championship. It'll be interesting. I like it, Gus. James Harden to Philadelphia. I like Joel it. Joel Embiid to Brooklyn. I'm and here for it. The villain squad. Oh, and man, the Nick, Knicks fans are still going to end up crying because now well, you have yeah, the you have the other New York team that's just taking over your franchise, but that's okay. I yeah, feel that's for you. I feel, feel for you. don't feel bad for them. They're <laughs> they're probably Yankees fans too, so don't don't feel that bad for them. They're just fine. So I like it, Ghost. I like it. I didn't know you were coming with that trade. I think it's fantastic. I, you check off my box of Philadelphia can't win a championship. So whatever it yeah. takes, man, I am here for it. Uh, so I think that is All great. Deciding factor. That was the deciding yes, factor. Yes, I I know it was. You're talking to me. You you know me good. You know me well. You know me well. Um. The other side of that Rockets opportunity, right? James Harden seems like he's gone. We'll see where he goes. Russell Westbrook, the one place immediately after Russell Westbrook said, hey, I'm interested in getting traded. One of the news, uh, one of the pieces of news that came up was the Clippers already want to get rid of Paul George. He was so bad (laughs) in the playoffs. They're like, wait, Russell Westbrook? We would rather that guy over this dickhead. Um, Straight up, Paul George for Russell Westbrook? Does that? No. Yeah, me neither. I, I, I think, wouldn't. I mean, I'm not, I'm yeah. not saying no that it won't happen. I'm no, saying but. that's a, if, if 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 I'm LA, I'm hanging up the phone so fast uh, as if it's a prank call that 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 that's a hard no for me. Um, yeah, I don't know that. No elaborating for me. I'm 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 just yeah, not I, taking that trade. Um, I could see Russ going over to the Knicks. I mean, I've I've heard that rumor getting some traction. That and is a perfect you know Knicks move. That is so Knicks. Yes, that I'm here me for that too. Oh, so Knicks, and then mm-hmm. on top of that, drafting an international player in in the first round that that would top off 2020 Knicks version right yep. there. So bingo. Um, give me Russ to the Knicks, where he can be a one man show, dropping 30 point triple doubles on 10 of 40 shooting with quadruple doubles with 10 turnovers if mm-hmm. if that were to count so um give me rust to the knicks there and you know what and honestly the, and the knicks go 29 and what 72 yeah, games this year whatever that math that's 29 and, and 41 or whatever they might still make the playoffs because of yeah that's that. true 
they might still make the playoffs because of the East. But um, yeah, I, I I like Russ there. All jokes aside, as much as we're we're picky on Russ right now, I do like that move there. He he's got to be the guy in the franchise. And you know what? As much as everyone's you know constantly hating on this guy for oh he doesn't win in the big moments or he doesn't knock down big shots this and that, he he still averaged a triple double per season. What he's done throughout his career mm-hmm. is is simply amazing. So. Um, he he's the type of guy that you know what he he may never win an NBA championship, but he's a guy that can bring fans into the arena. And you know what, Knicks fans, uh, as much as we're picking on Knicks fans too, and and Yankees fans, we we have so many New York guys with the Win Daily Sports team too. So um, it, it's all in good fun. But the Knicks deserve somebody like Russell Westbrook to be able to you know buy a Knicks jersey and know that mm-hmm. you know what I got Westbrook on my back and. He's a guy that's going to bring fans into the arena. Hopefully we end up getting there with the pandemic where, you know, even if it's 25% full, I guarantee you MSG is going to be 25% full. Yep. They're going to, they're going to max it out to whatever the allowed capacity is. And it would, Knicks fans do deserve that. I mean, having a guy like Frank Nitilakina or however ah, you pronounce it. I like it. I like Nice try, but I like it. That's like you, you lost, you lost Christoph Porzingis. I don't know. They, Knicks, I, I would love to see a Westbrook and Robinson pick and roll game going there and just bring some energy back. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Knox ends up taking the next step in his career too. And of course, fellow Canadian RJ Barrett. So, um, you're getting all the Canadians in on this one, Ghost, huh? Half, half, it's our first Mo show. Murray, you I got RJ Barrett. We talked like, about Ben Simmons. It's like Seal with RG3. It's, That's it, true. It's like Seal with RG3 at this point. So, I like that. Um, the, the, the Knicks deserve to have. I guess I could say a bona fide superstar if if if, if mm. I'm being on the nicer side. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll throw him that bone, even though he's he's not anymore. The Knicks deserve to have a well-known uh, name in, in in the league, and you know what, R- Russ is a good fit there. He, he's going to be the guy. I like Russ in the Knicks. It would be fun. Um, it would be perfect. The Knicks need Westbrook. Westbrook needs the Knicks. Appreciate the comment there. Top notch. It's true. Yeah, it's it's perfect. I'm here for it. I think it would screw up everything that they're trying to do, which I'm here for even more. I think it's hysterical living here in the New York City market, listening to sports talk radio and hearing how much how bad the Knicks are. Um, I think it's hysterical, especially if something like Joel Embiid went to the Brooklyn Nets only a train ride away. I would be all for that. A couple more things here. One, I just want to touch touch upon old friend of yours. DeMar DeRozan did sign his player option for like 27 million. Shout out DeMar DeRozan for making $27 million this year. That is awesome. Good for him. Probably going to get traded, but I also wouldn't be surprised if pop was like, nah, fuck it. We'll run it back. We'll run it back. Let's see mid range jump shots. We got all of them. So we'll (laughs) see what happens there. Uh, Last thing before we head to the draft, which is November 18th, only a couple days away. Anthony Davis opted out. Avery Bradley opted out. Rajon Rondo opted out. Danny Green traded. Why doesn't anyone want to play with LeBron anymore? Dude wins a championship. He makes sure that AD comes over and AD's already like, see you later. I'm going to Chicago. I don't need this shit anymore. I won my chip. I'm good. I want to get paid money. (laughs) Crazy, right? It is because it, it, look, um, we're, we're joking for all you Lakers fans out there that are listening right now. Um, just a formality that AD is going to resign, but Hey, you never know. KD said that he would resign with the Warriors yep. and he signed a bunch of these one and one deals, meaning he signs a one-year deal. And then the second year is a player option, meaning he could opt out over and over and over again, just, you know, securing the bag there and just mm-hmm. collecting the checks. Right. So, um, I feel like this is a year to year thing now with AD, depending on how long LeBron's end up staying in the league and yep. pretty much what he's looking like. I've, I, I feel like he's going to be like this till till the day that he retires. I, I, I don't even think a LeBron decline exists uh, right now. So certainly not in 2020. So um, AD is going to resign there. Avery Bradley, I'm, I'm hearing to the Warriors or Bucks or Miami, like a, a, lot, a lot of these contending teams, veteran guy that could end up playing, even if it's five to 10 minutes, he's a guy that you could throw out there similarly to an Andre Iguodala, where not necessarily an offensive juggernaut to say the least there, but um, he's a guy that could lock somebody up in a seven-game playoff series and um, still produce. I mean, pe- people tend to forget what uh, what he was like out there in Boston, and he he was that shutdown defender before Marcus Smart took over that role, right? So, um, Avery Bradley to a contender definitely makes sense. A uh, little bit of beef going on right now with possibly accepting a ring from LA, possibly not. And now he's talking about signing with Milwaukee, Golden State, or Miami. So, um, Avery Bradley, if you're out there, just 
take the ring from LA take at this point ring, because it, it sounds like you're chasing it regardless, bro. But uh, just take it and try and get a second one. But um, I'm, I'm curious to see what Rajon Rondo does. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've, even with, with LA, he signed very late last off season. It was more so like a, um, like, you know, let, let, let me wait and see, use the money where you can, um, et cetera. And he was kind of the last man in there. So, um, wouldn't surprise me to see Rondo back with LA. Um, but if, if he does end up going elsewhere, um, it, it's likely to another contender. So, um, AD's going staying with the Lakers. That's, uh, that's a f- pretty much a foregone conclusion to me. Um, AB Bradley, I could see him going to another contending team. Um, if Giannis ends up staying with Milwaukee, I could see him possibly going there, you know, replacing a guy like Kyle Korver um, off the bench. So um, possibly going out there to Milwaukee and Milwaukee front office, possibly justifying that as a, you know, big offseason acquisition to keep Giannis when your big offseason acquisition is acquiring Avery Bradley. But anyways, hmm. um, and then Rondo, I, I would love to see him run it back with L.A. Um, he was a great fit there. But of course, uh, the Caruso, yes. the Caruso is going to end up eating his minutes. But um, give me... 10 to 15 minutes of Rajon Rondo. I absolutely love him. He was one of my favorite players growing up and uh, definitely will miss him if he's um, if he's possibly even retiring. You never know with a guy like that, right? So um, no better way for a guy like that to, to possibly go out on top with a championship ring on his finger. But I would love to see him running it back with, uh, with LA and give us some vintage uh, Rondo triple doubles out there. That was fun, man. And yeah, shout out to Rajon Rondo. Do your thing, man. He's got a couple rings now, so well deserved. He's done his thing, and it's it's uh, it's it's pretty impressive how long and, and considering how bad he also looked, and then came out into the bubble, was hurt for like a first couple weeks, right, and then didn't just show, showed up in the playoffs, and all of a sudden was just like, oh hey guys, I'm like Rajon Rondo from 2012. Like nice to meet you again. And <laughs> he was awesome. On yeah. in, in 15 minutes. He was awesome. He he was fun to watch. So shout out to him. And yeah, I mean, hey, I, I think he'll go get paid somewhere. One last time, make a couple bucks and and go on the way. And I think it's interesting, as you said, with the AD stuff, you know, hey, he's probably just going to sign like one and ones, two and ones. That was an awesome idea until, you know, the pandemic, unfortunately. So now if like the whole reason signing those for Kevin Durant and for everyone around him was just like, all right, I'm going to sign this contract. And just get more money. Then I'm going to opt out. Then I'm going to sign for more money because I can. And then I'm going to opt out. And now it's just like, well, the salary cap hasn't gone up. It might end up going (laughs) down. And then because of the the amount of games is limited, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to say the least. I still think it's a good idea. I also love how much the NBA players hold the, like the NBA by the balls. They're just like, we can do literally whatever we want. I don't want to be on the Lakers today. I'm just going to leave. Or I'm going to ask you and tell you trade me. Cause I don't want to be here. So I think that part's pretty cool. It's awesome to see how empowered they are to pretty much do whatever they want. Like, I don't understand why people get angry at them for it, but it is what it is. Um, all right, let's move on to the draft. couple more minutes here on the wind daily sports. I guess it's the draft fantasy preview, but it's really the off season <laughs> fantasy yeah. preview at this point. I think that part's pretty important. So we have three, three top players. It looks like consensus top three overall. We have LaMelo ball, obviously son of, the biggest baller of them all. We have James Wiseman. We have Anthony Edwards. We have Minnesota uh, holding that number one overall pick. Our friend Mitchell Tennis, writer here at Windelli Sports from Minnesota, loves the Timberwolves. I just want him to be happy. He's a good dude. Just let him be happy for once. We have Golden State with the number two overall pick, which is just absolutely crazy. And then who's the third? Is Charlotte? Charlotte might be number three. Uh, I don't know. It's some three, yeah. random ass team nobody really cares about. They're going to suck. It doesn't matter. How do you think this thing shakes out? I've heard some real interesting, interesting things. I've heard SGA for the number one overall pick. And you're like, wait, why would you do that? And Ghost, you said it. Like, why would you, if their window is three to five years out, do you want to start paying SGA next year a whole shit ton of money when you can say, hey, maybe we can run it back with LaMelo Ball. We just got all these other dudes. We have a million other picks. I don't know. That's something. Obviously, the number two overall pick, I think, is the most interesting because Golden State is in win now mode for the next three or four years. That number one overall pick, or number two overall pick, I mean, I don't care who it is. He's 19 years old, 18, 20 years old. He's not going to be good for a couple more years. So what the hell's the point there? Who do they trade that for? Um, and then there's Charlotte. So whatever. Uh, how do you feel about those top two overall picks? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think it, what do you think the draft order is going to be, especially up at the top? What are you feeling? Well, the the first thing that I will say on, on that SGA trade is that's a hard no. Um, if I'm Sam Presti, because everything that we just did is goes out the window, and, and, and as much as, as they see that, that that's exactly what I was about to say. A, a lot of people are going to say, "Well, why? You don't trade a guy that you know is gonna be a good player in this league 
potentially a superstar based on what he showed last season for a guy that you think might end up panning out because you get to only pay him three to four years down the line versus SGA. You got to pay him next year. That to me is a big no, no. Um, that's playing with fire, especially when you're, when you're, when you're trading a younger player, like let, let, let me flip the script here. If it, let's say SGA for, for sake of conversation, if SGA was as good as Devin Booker and Devin Booker just turned 24 years old, would you trade Devin Booker for first overall? Because you don't want to pay the man next year? No. That to me is like it, that, like, that, that, that SGA, conversation doesn't even happen. Does, S- that does SGA look as good as Devin Booker looked? That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm well, saying I mean, is that you got to give SGA right? time. Yeah, I you got to give I agree. time. I completely S- agree. SGA is really young. And and this guy, yes, he, he looked very timid in the playoffs last season. But if we're making decisions based on one playoff round, then Paul George should be traded for... Russell a second Westbrook. round pick and 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 and, 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 and some basketballs, like at, if that's what we're basing decisions on. So I'm I'm looking at the grander scheme of things here and saying that you know what I, I've loved what I've seen from SGA, and I I would not trade him for Lamelo Ball. I, I think Lamelo Ball is going to be a very good player, um, even better than, than than Lonzo is right now. I mean, he's got the scoring touch that's there as long as he ends up working on his jump shot a little bit more. Um, he's a guy that that he's shown. I mean, everyone's seen these YouTube videos, right? He could hit. He, he, he can hit threes from half court and this and that, but I'm, I'm talking about his in-game shot, mid-range jump shot. If, if he could really work on that, his vision is already elite. So um, as a primary ball handler, I, I love that pick for Minnesota. For me, what what ends up coming down to the decision for the T-Wolves is that do they see D'Lo, D'Angelo Russell, as their point guard of the future? Or do they go with a more traditional point guard? I, I guess we could call him that. It, it's too early. You never want to put a label like that on a guy that's not even in the league, let alone a, a, a kid that's not even 20 years old yet. But do you want to put your faith into a more natural tenant point guard like LaMelo Ball? Or do you want D'Lo to end up running the pick and roll with Carl Anthony Towns for who knows how many years from now, right? So um, for me, I, I, I do think they end up going LaMelo Ball. Um, for I, I don't think James Wiseman is really in contention there. Obviously, that would be a, a massive logjam with Carl Anthony Towns unless they plan on, you know, blowing up they, they, this trade opening day, I guess we call it. It's not trade deadline day, but opposite of trade deadline day. If they end up, you know, possibly moving Carl Anthony Towns out of nowhere where nobody saw this coming out of left field, then, I mean, I, I guess you could consider James Wiseman there, but 0.001% chance that ends up happening. Um, I, I really do think they end up going LaMelo Ball there. The key for me with the Warriors number two is really, can they end up getting a guy that they really want? So I, I don't think they're going to end up trading a number two pick just for the sake of trading it. I don't think they're going to say, hey, we're in win now mode. Let's trade the number two pick for, you know, I, I heard like moving down to, uh, I, I think Phoenix ends up picking like, uh, I, anyways, in, in the teens, I've, 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 I've got, I forget the exact number, but it's in between the 8 and 12 range. And they're like, let's trade number two for Kelly Oubre and number, you know, 10 or 12 or wherever Phoenix is picking. That to me is, it, it, it's not a beneficial trade for the Warriors, right? That, that number two pick holds so much value that they want to end up getting a guy like Bradley Beal. They want to end up getting, you know, possibly a guy like Giannis. They're, 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 they're in the talks of working with Giannis, right? So um, if they could do big things with that number two pick, then I, I would expect them moving it. And I, I can foresee something like like what we saw with Trey Young and Luka Doncic on that night where, you know, if, if, if somebody's not really sure who they want with number two or, you know, the, the Charlotte ends up moving up to get the guy that they want, then... The Warriors could end up drafting James Wiseman, but it's not necessarily that they're going to end up keeping him and he'll be on the active roster. They might move James Wiseman in a pick to Charlotte. So they'll give James Wiseman and a supplemental pick to Charlotte. Charlotte ends up trading number three, who will likely be Anthony Edwards and a bunch of other stuff, Andrew Wiggins and Kevon Looney and, and, and other pieces there to Washington for Bradley Beal, to Milwaukee for Giannis, to any one of these teams, right? So... Mm-hmm. Um, I could see a trade like that uh, possibly happening where the Warriors end up drafting James Wiseman, flipping him to Charlotte plus a supplemental pick because obviously they, they need Anthony Edwards as part of the trade. If the other team wants Anthony Edwards, they're going to do whatever they, they need to trade back to get Anthony Edwards. So James Wiseman and a supplemental pick to Charlotte who they desperately need a big man. They still have their backcourt there with Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham. And then uh, they end up trading Anthony Edwards or whoever that team basically wants to pick with number three with multiple assets, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney. Uh, that Minnesota Timberwolves second round pick who's 
pretty much like a borderline first round pick at that point mm -hmm. um and other pieces as such to get a bona fide superstar so yeah i think um, that, that that's the way that i would see it playing out the warriors also have the timberwolves 2021 unprotected or like top uh, top three protected is it okay yeah, so it's still a very very valuable asset um I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm a draft Nick, but I will say I pay attention to people that are. They say this draft is relatively tame in terms of talent. It's next year and the year after that could be two of the much, much better drafts. So that Warriors pick next year is probably more coveted than the Golden State Warriors pick of this year. Uh, so I yeah. think that's just an interesting thing to point out. One thing I would say is, especially if they do go the mellow ball again, the only thing I know about him is his dad's kind of a dickhead. That's pretty much all I got. And his brother's OK at the NBA. Pretty solid, I'd say. But um no defense will be played for the Minnesota Timberwolves in 2021 in yeah. that case. Like, it's going to be nuts. D'Angelo Russell sucks on defense. Carl Anthony Towns, for as big a dude as he is, doesn't seem to care, doesn't seem to want to play defense. We saw Jimmy Butler was just like, dude, just give me effort. No one gave him effort. He's like, all right, F you guys. I'm going to go try and win somewhere else. And he ended up doing it, which was kind of cool. So um, it's crazy, man. I think the Golden State Warriors, I totally agree with you, right? Like Danilo Gallinari, are they going to trade the number two overall pick for Danilo Gallinari and some junk? Like, I don't think that's going to happen, right? So I think one, like, like the number two overall pick is kind of like you're playing with house money, right? They got it because they were so bad. So, okay, instead of being really good and having it be the 28th overall pick where they wouldn't have done anything with it anyway, they have the number two overall pick. What's the problem? I, 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 I agree with you. Like they shouldn't just throw it away for nothing. Worst case scenario, they get James Wiseman. Okay. What does the dude look like in a couple years? What if he can contribute off the bench a little bit this year? We know they're going to blow people the hell out of the water. What if in yeah. two years, the dude actually looks pretty solid as you were talking about before clay and stuff aren't going to be healthier or alive forever. I don't know. Like, I think it would be kind of cool to actually just be able to say like, Hey, like we actually have a player of the future. Even better case scenario, next year, the dude looks pretty competent. They flip him for something else next year if they need it, right? Like, I, I don't think they should. I totally agree with you. Don't just throw it away and give it away for nothing. Actually try and do something. Like, maybe take Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman, whoever you think. There's that kid out of um, uh, Israel that's that's getting a lot of draft yeah. buzz. Uh, yeah. I, I can't say his name. I don't know. There's also a um, kid out of USC. Um, I, I don't know. No, no, he went to Iowa State. Yeah, I, I, I don't I know who you're talking about. Some dude, he's like, he's got like 12 feet of arms. Like, I don't know. That's all it is. Something like that. And they, like, he could be a potential, actual, useful asset. So, I mean, worst case scenario, you take the pick, you get a player that's highly rated in the draft, and maybe next year you flip him for something else. Maybe in two years, he turns out to be something. How would it surprise you on planet Earth that, that you know, the, the Warriors take someone and it turns out the guy's incredible, whoever it is. And by like halfway through the season, he's already contributing at a, like a relatively high level for a 19 year old. Like, would that surprise you at all in the least? It, would, it, it really wouldn't. Right? Like, it would be so in Warriors. In, in, in a situation like that, I would love for it to be Anthony Edwards. Personally, I, I think Anthony Edwards is the best player in this draft. Um, I, I think he will have a better NBA career than LaMelo Ball. And j just the raw talent for Anthony Edwards. He, he could play the two. He could play the wing. He, he's just so athletic that I, I love him in that spot. And he could really flourish in that offense. The one and only reason why I think Golden State would hesitate on drafting him is people underestimate how much they love guys like Jordan Poole and Damian Lee in that backcourt. So um, with that, it, it would create a bit of a log jam with, with so surprisingly to, to, to throw guys like Damian Lee and Jordan Poole in that mix. But four guards are four guards already on that roster. You have Steph, you have Clay, you have Jordan Poole, and then you have um, Damian Lee, of course, who they, Damian Lee quietly had a really good season this year with, uh, with Steph and Clay out, right? So um, I, I think that kind of caught them by surprise. And I think they're more confident in their depth than the rest of the media is right now. I, I feel like a lot of people end up, you know, kind of roasting the Warriors a bit saying they need a bench. They need a bench, you know, uh, back in their, they, they, they say back in their, in their championship run as if the windows closed. It, it was two years ago. No, it, it, it was barely 24 months ago. Like the, the, these guys went to five or six finals in a row. So um, the, the Warriors window is still wide open, let alone not, not even closing anytime soon. So um they, they they had Andre Gudala off the bench. They had other guys contributing, whereas now it's really Steph, Clay, and Draymond that are there. It's not like they have, you know, they they, they don't have an Andrew Bogut who who's a real like defensive center who a pain stopper or anything mm -hmm. like that, right? So 
um that that's where the Warriors kind of end up taking a bit more heat than they deserve in my opinion but I, I really do think that they're more confident in their depth than everyone is on the Warriors depth themselves so um Damian Lee and Jordan Poole could could both produce off the bench so it's the only reason why I think they don't go Anthony Edwards but uh if, if, if they want the best player in this draft I, I I would take Anthony Edwards over James Wiseman um the days of big man center are, are, are pretty much on, on their way out, if not already gone. I mean, you saw that Atlanta's possibly trying to already trade Clint Capella. And I think he played a total of maybe 30 seconds in that uniform. And was, did he even get on the floor? It. I don't even think he made it on the floor, I, right? I, I, I think he made it for like not even 30 seconds and then he ended up getting injured or he was already injured and he didn't. I, I think he was just in practice, but now they're already discussing possibly trading a guy like that and running John Collins at the five, right? So just gives you an idea that when, when you're loaded with shooting talent, you basically need a guy that could go out there and rebound. So the days of having these seven foot centers that, that, that really can't move. I, I, I don't know if that's the future. So really curious to see what the Warriors do if they go James Wiseman or Anthony Edwards, if they do end up keeping that pick. But again, really wouldn't surprise me to see kind of a three-way trade. It, it, it's more of a, uh, a draft day trade. Do you um, have another one for me? <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I want to say Giannis to the Warriors. I feel oh, like that would be 10 times it. worse than, than, than KD going there. But um Right now, from from what I'm looking at today, with 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 all the rest of the media, they they've seen relatively quiet, and you know what that that to me seems like uh, like something big is coming because if they were to make small splashes, then everybody would be kind of tipping their hat to them and saying like, "Hey, we know exactly what direction the Warriors are going right now." The fact that the Warriors are keeping everybody in the dark right now, look out! Some, some something big is coming. I don't doubt. Some- Never, never doubt Bob Myers in that front office. Um, something really big is coming for that Warriors team. I think they're going to do something fun. Um, I think I switched back. Like, I hated the Warriors. Now I kind of want to see them be good again because they had that year off because KD ended up leaving. Now I'm kind of like, well, actually, this might be fun. Let's see. Like, let's remember Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. And it's really not even close. And then Clay Thompson is like kind of a top five greatest shooter of all time as well. Like, let's not forget what that happened. And I think the pandemic and the bubble and kind of pushing the season off now to December. I mean, it's been a while since we saw them on the floor together, right? It was the NBA finals. So yep. June of 2019. Right. June of 2019, I think at that point, how many months ago is that now? It's almost 18 months ago at this point. Like that's a long time. I think we forgot. And I'm kind of excited to see it happen again because it is their offense is a thing of beauty and it's so much fun to watch, but we will see. So ghost man, ever you find yourself hating the warriors, watch their series versus Denver. They played them back to back years. Don't, don't, don't quote me if in, in case it's wrong. It's either 2007, 2008, 2008, 2009, or 2008, 2009, 2009, 2010. Anyways, 2007 to 2010, back-to-back years, they ended up playing the Denver Nuggets in the first round. And then that's when you really saw um, Steph Curry kind of take over that backcourt from Monte Ellis. And mm. that was really fun to watch. Um, and then again, if you're still not convinced with possibly hating the Warriors, put aside all the KD stuff and all that other stuff, go and watch Baron Davis and Josh Richardson in 2006, 2007. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you will absolutely love those high-flying Warriors. So, um all love for that organization absolutely love them um other than my raptors definitely a warriors fan that's for sure yeah i'm but i think Baron I'm davis gonna... and josh richardson were were the first duo that i i loved growing up um it was those two and of course steve nash and uh, amari stoudemire out there in phoenix so that, that was fun that. high flying fun offenses isn't that yeah. crazy that's what kids like huh would you look at that yeah i, I think i'm back <laughs> on the warriors we'll see what happens december can come soon enough but in a couple days we do have the draft november 18th i hope everybody will be watching ghost man this was an absolute pleasure as always excited to get back into the swing of things with you coming up shortly we're gonna have our daily weekly monthly shows it looks like so i'm very excited about that in case everyone wants to ask you some questions maybe on the internet where could they uh where could they find you at DFS underscore ghost over on Twitter. And of course, with the Wind Daily Sports family, um, make sure you come and join our Discord. It is free for at least seven days on your trial basis and get your, you're guaranteed to love it. Um, it, it. It's a family vibe in there and everyone's always helping each other out, winning some money on sports betting and uh, in daily fantasy sports and DFS, DraftKings, FanDuel, Superdraft, you name it, we're on it. We got you covered. We got you covered. You can find me at Michael Brazil one as ghost was saying, yes, windailysports.com backslash chat C H A T seven free days in that expert discord chat. Make sure to come hang out with us. NBA season is right around the corner. When is the draft? The draft is November 18th. Wednesday. So, Wednesday. Yes, two more days. So enjoy the show as much as you can. Make sure to follow us at Windaily sports 
and we appreciate the heck out of each and every one of you. Thank you for everybody in the chat. We're excited for that. The chat was always my favorite part, so I'm excited to get back yeah. in the swing of things with the chat <laughs> as well. Appreciate each and every one of you. For Ghost, for myself, for the rest of the Windaily Sports family, we hope you all make it a very profitable uh, NBA season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We went football with that one. Make it and a very profitable. And bets on the draft. Yeah, we could bet on the draft. I think that would be fun. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate you.